so glad you braved the storm, the rain, the cyclone bomb that's supposed to be hitting through here right now. So, but we're here together and great, great worship and great time just to say God, God's here. Hey, um, how many things promise to make life better in life? How many things in life promise to make your life better? Everything, right? Pretty much everything promises to make your life better. Every ad you see, every commercial ever. I'm watching the baseball playoffs, at least I was, because I lost a bet and I have to root for the Dodgers. But that's over with now, so we're, we're all done, so I'm, I'm, I'm normal again. And every ad promises to make life what? Better. I mean, that's what ads are about. They make life better. You watch everything. Tide pods will make my life better. If I have tide pods, those ones will make my life better. Actually, so much better. Microsoft 11, I can actually go inside a screen with Microsoft 11, and I can learn how to dance, you know, and do these kinds of things, and actually um, put on Axe body spray. Girls will actually jump out of windows at me, at me, me, if I put on Axe body spray, it's an awesome thing. And, and the, wor the worst, the worst, worst of them all is the toilet paper ad with the bears. Have you seen those toilet paper ads with the bears? You know, and, and I think it's Charmin, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's these annoying bears, and sometimes they're red, and sometimes they're blue, but they're always annoying, always annoying, no matter what they are, and they're always obsessed with what? With the bathroom. They're always obsessed with the bathroom and going number two. And it's like they get excited because they have to go number two and because something's moving in their bowel and because they get to use Charmin. And it's like way a big deal for them. I mean, it's too big a deal. And, you know, and the kid, it's always the little kid, and he's going in, and it's like, oh, oh, oh. And the dad says to him, you only need one square. And I'm thinking one square, ah, you're never coming to my house with just one square. And anyway, they start dancing around the house and they have happy smiles and they move their, their big rear ends because they have clean behinds, you know, and rear ends. And it's like, wow, that's life, you know, that's life right there. Everything is great from there. And, and now, don't get me wrong, I am actually a very strong supporter of toilet paper. I really am, and I highly recommend it. I'm just not convinced that it's going to make my life as good as they make it seem. I'm not sure I'm going to be dancing around the house even if I use two squares. I mean, I'm certainly not going to be in some kind of elated state like they're in because of that. Life doesn't work itself that way. And here we go. Jesus says this. The thief comes only to kill and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Full life. I mean, what's, what's that all about? Because that's what we're going to talk about. Because we're talking about the promises that God made and promises that God has made to us. And they're pretty amazing. And actually... This is a promise that only Jesus can make. This is a promise that nobody else ever can make this promise. And he's going to make a promise to me and to you about a full life. And it's really okay for us to ask, what's that all about? I mean, what's it mean? If Jesus is the only one that can make this promise, what is this full life all about? <clears throat> I mean, some terms, some, some versions use the term abundant life. What is an abundant life? 
Because ads make that promise too. I mean, they make all kinds of promises. If I drink this kind of hard seltzer, life will be a party. And good-looking people will actually invite me over to their house, you know, and they will have a pool, you know, because that's what happens when you drink hard seltzer. And if I use Downy and sniff my, sniff my laundry, all of a sudden I'll be transported back to the great days of growing up. You know, or if I go to this casino resort, I'll be young and slim and good-looking, and all my friends will be young and slim and good-looking. I mean, they are anyway, but, but they're going to even be more so, you know, all, all around me. And again, those things aren't that bad, but why settle for stuff when Jesus says, I will give you life and I will give you life to the fullest or life abundantly? Now, what is abundant life anyway? I, I mean, it, it sounds good, abundant life. And the word itself means more or it means fullness or it means life in all its fullness. Jesus is saying, when you come to me, when you come to me, you'll have life, but not just life, but you'll have life in complete fullness. I mean, does it mean that if I become a follower of Jesus, I get a few years tacked onto my life? I mean, he's going to add four, five, or six. I don't think it, it, it means that. Does it mean my health is going to get better? No, probably, probably not. Or does it mean that my car won't get hit by bird poop as much as somebody else's that's not a, a Christ follower? I know it doesn't mean that. I was in Chicago, and, um, and there was a, a pastor's conference that I was there. And, and, I, and I got out early, and if I could get to the airport in time, I could save, I could get an earlier flight and save 10 hours of sticking around the airport. 10 hours, 10, count them, 10. 10 hours. And that's a lot of time in the airport today. And so I drove fast. I turned to my rental car. I ran to the counter and put my name in. And there were six of us waiting. Okay, there were six of us that were having to wait in line. There was a group of three. There was a group of two. And there was me. And there were five extra seats. Five seats open. Okay? Three, two, one. And I was there first. Okay? I was there first. Okay? And I had just left a pastor's conference. And I had a Bible with me. Okay? I had all those things going for me right there. And I was probably the only one that was a pastor. And the possibility of standing, uh, sitting around O'Hare Airport for 10 hours um, doesn't sound like an abundant life for me. Okay? Honestly, it, 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 doesn't, lie. it doesn't sound like it, it, it's, it's life for me. And so they took the group of three, you know, uh, and, and then it's just between me and the group of two. And I was there first, and I had a pass. I was a pastor, and I had a Bible with me. And they took the other two. Two. Really. Ten hours. Ten hours there. Now, how is that abundant life? I believe that abundant life is an ability to enjoy life, whatever it throws at you, the way it was supposed to be lived. In right relationship with God, and in right relationship with others, and in right relationship with yourself. That's an abundant life. It's not a promise that everything is going to go your way, because we know life doesn't work that way. But it is certainly a promise that I will be able to live life the way it was supposed to be lived in a right relationship with God, which gives me all kinds of incredible peace, in right relationship with other people, which gives me all kinds of great connections and helps me understand relationships more and builds into my life and a right relationship with myself, meaning I can be at peace with myself. Abundant life is being able to fully grasp and understand all that God's doing in this life and all that he's doing in this world and, and live it. 
and live it to really understand the purpose of a relationship and the meaningful connections that you can have. To really understand when you're going for a walk in the woods that you know the God who put these trees here and these bushes there. To go for a walk in the rain, to understand fully God's complete plan in life. And to appreciate it with a heart full of thanksgiving and joy. To connect with a relationship with other people and build into their life and have them build into you. Do you understand how an abundant life beginning to happen? Now I'm sitting in O'Hare Airport for 10 hours. 10 hours. And as I was sitting there, I thought, all things work together for good that love God. And that's true in an airport. To be able to say, I don't know why I'm here for 10 hours, but I know that all things are working together for good. And that God has a plan here for my life. Do you understand how that's beginning to build something in my life and there can be an abundance of something going on there? And I know that the Bible verse that says nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. So sitting there in those stupid seats that are just impossible to sit in for an hour, much less ten, nothing is separating me from the love of Christ. This is not separating me from the love of Christ. And also I remember that he has given me fullness of love, one blessing after another. And that there's something going on here that while I can't understand it, a guy who loves me does and also i'm sitting there that i don't have to worry about tomorrow and also jesus says i come that they might have life and have it abundantly all of those things contributed to be able to not just endure 10 hours in o'hare but to live plus they had gino's east deep dish pizza there and that helped me endure quite well by i let you know but I not only had to enjoy, I only had time to enjoy Gino's East Deep Dish Pizza, but to begin to craft out where this ministry was going and what it could look like and where God was taking it. It's ability to enjoy life with God, with others, and with yourself. I mean, that's an abundant life. I mean, that's the way it, it works itself out. That's how, it, that's how it happens. Mission trips are great. I mean, I'm, I'm, when, when, you're, when a church family is able to take a, a trip like to a different country or place and you take kids along and it's awesome for kids and it's awesome for youth and it's awesome for adults. I mean, they're just great. And when we start doing, doing um, service trips to Mexico, um, go, go and bring your family or bring your grandkids or bring your nieces and nephews and watch the change that happened in them and watch what happens for the change in you. And we've done this years. We used to do it years. We haven't done it for a while because the COVID stuff's all screwed it, everything up. But we're going to do it again when we can. And so we're going to try and you know, reach out to Aguas Calientes and all that. And, and one of the reasons we like to go is because we can learn how to serve, but also the change that happens in our lives. And you go down there, and, and one of the first things you realize is, you, you know this if you've been there, I have way what? I have way too much. I have way too much, way too much. And also, they have way too little, but they are way too happy for having way too little. And how does that work itself out? And understand how that begins to play with your brain. You're going to mess up your, your mind a little bit, and it's supposed to, because all of a sudden, God's going to start to reveal to you what abundant life is really all about. And so you get down there, and the people are happy, and, 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 and they know what they don't have, and they appreciate what they have, and they know God's supply. They know God's supply. And it's just, it's, it's just such an awesome thing to be part of that kind of experience. And that's why when you go, you might say, well, I'm not, I'm not partial to, 
to going out of my comfort zone. You got to go. You just got to go. Um, it's incredible. I was reading a message by Katie Edwards of Saddleback Church, and she says this, and, and this is pretty cool. I'm just going to read it. It's a little bit long, but just understand and kind of put yourself back there if you are part of this group of people going back there. She says, every February, I get an opportunity to lead a, a trip of junior high school students to Rwanda. <laughs> Rwanda, okay? So don't freak out if we're going to Mexico. They take their junior high school kids every year to Rwanda, okay? Moms and dads let your kids go, okay, to Rwanda. And when we head to Rwanda, our student ministry team goes a bit to the north of the capital of Kigali, up into the hills of Rwanda. And the space that we go into is not westernized. It really has no electricity, no running water, and no indoor plumbing. Okay? Go there. Most of the homes that we go into are one room, no concrete floors, dirt floors. It's dirt floors. It's farm life. It's village life. And that's where our team spends a few weeks every year. One of the things that, as we interact with the people in Rwanda, that sticks out to every single kid and strikes me as well, in fact, I can't think of a kid who hasn't made this statement to me on a Rwanda trip, they always come up to me and say, and you know what they're going to say, they're always going to say, you know, Katie, it's crazy how everybody we meet and talk to, they don't have a whole lot, but man, they are joyful. They are so joyful. In fact, we met this woman named Vivian a few years ago, and we partnered with her church. She was undescribed. Vivian wakes up every morning at 5.30 to go cook lunch for a group of orphans from 6 a.m. to 12. Monday through Friday, she does that, and the orphans come to the church and eat lunch. We had a chance to help her cook and prepare the food, and then she invited us back into her house. So we walked into Vivian's house, and she is one of those people who just exudes joy and love and kindness, like the type of people that you just simply want to stand next to all the time because they make you feel great. That's, that's Vivian. So she invites us into her, into her home. It's about as big as a closet, and it's got four walls and a dirt floor, and there's some benches, and it's a family of five that lives in that space. She invites us in with this giant smile. We all sit down. We start sharing stories and talking. And, and we said, Vivian, what can we do for you? What can we bring you? What do you need? You know where this is going to go. She looked at me, and she looked at the kids, and she had this big smile, and she said, I'm just so happy that you're here. I don't need anything. And we're like, no, 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 Vivian, what do you need that we can bring you? Because in our humanness and in all honesty, the kids are looking around the room, and we're like, Vivian, you need some stuff, right? Right? Because we have this perception of life that you need to have all the comforts and conveniences and stuff for a full life. It's like, Vivian, what do you need? And she said, Jesus has provided everything I need. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for everything I have. I'm so grateful for the food you brought. I'm so grateful that I get to sit with friends today. She says, don't you know how special it is that I get to sit with you today? I'm so grateful. Jesus has given me everything I need. Still the kids are looking around trying to wrap our heads around the fact that Vivian has in our perspective nothing. But from her perspective, she has everything. She has everything. She knows that everything comes from her connection with Christ. She's living life to the full, and her connection with Jesus is what fulfills that promise in her life. Do you understand how this is a promise that only Jesus can make. I've given come that you might have life 
and have it to the fullest. And that's so cool, and it's cool because the promise for abundant life is for us. And with Jesus, you start seeing things differently. You just see the true value of things. You start seeing life the way it's really supposed to be lived. And you begin to understand the importance of connection with God and how that's fulfilling in life. To know that you're sitting here, whatever it is, it's like, God, you're meeting my needs. I'm beginning to understand my plan, your plan for my life in this world. Your plan for my life in my job or in my school. I'm beginning to understand relationships with other people and really how to love them. I'm beginning to understand the way you have worked in my life in the past, even through hardships, because it's made me a whole different person, and it's made me who I'm supposed to be today. That's an abundant life. I, I can't think of more abundant than that here. And when you allow Jesus into your life, he invades you, and, and, and it calls, it's called fruit of the Spirit, you know. And, and, and I like the term fruit of the Spirit because I like fruit, you know, and it's like good things, fruit. Um, and I want, I want to show what the fruit of the Spirit is. And this is just think about how abundant life can come from when you have these qualities. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, forbearance, that's actually patience, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no downside on that. Man, if, if I had that all the time, I would say life's pretty abundant for me. Um, now, Jesus, you know, would say this, I have, you know, the thief comes to only kill, steal, kill, and destroy I have come that you might have life and have it full. Okay, we got the full part. Who's the thief? The thief is going to come and he's going to steal and he's going to kill and he's going to try and take it away. Who's the thief? I mean, I mean, who's the thief on, on, on this one? Um, who is that guy? And believe it or not, studies are done on what the word thief means. And that's what theologians do and that's what pastors try and do, you know, try and figure out all this kind of stuff out, you know, and, and, and I like this stuff a little bit, and we want to say immediately, well, it's the devil. The devil's trying to steal all this stuff away from me. You know, and there's a supernatural element possibly to this. Um, there are spiritual forces that want to wreck your life. Some say it's the religious rulers. In fact, religion will try and steal all this stuff away. If you get too en enmeshed in some kind of weird religious stuff, and sometimes even churches can throw all kinds of rules and regulations on you apart from the purity of a relationship with God. And, and honestly, the religious leaders in Jesus' day had 633 laws, and you had to obey every single one of those or else God wouldn't love you. Can you imagine how that would rip away any kind of joy you'd have? Holy cow, I didn't wash my hands the right way today, you know? Therefore, God can't love me. God, you know, there's no abundance there. So it could be the devil. It could be strict religious rulers. Or it could be both of those and, and I believe it's this one, anything which has the appearance of giving you happiness apart from God, but doesn't. Anything that promises to give you happiness apart from the supply of God, that, but really can't. And when you think about it, that's pretty true, isn't it? In fact, the most dangerous things in life are those which look really close to the real thing, but aren't, that promise, but can't, can't provide, that look really close to that which can give you life, but really are the opposite. They can't. Those are the most dangerous things. In my garage, I, I, I have a shelf for garden stuff. You know, I have 
I have, I have, where I put all my, my, my garden stuff on it. And, 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 and actually, um, um, I have two spray bottles, and, and one is a bug spray bottle that you spray on leaves, and it dries away these little bugs that eat my plants. It's healthy for the plant. You, know, you spray it on, and you know, the bugs will, and they die. You know, it's good for my plants. The other spray, spray bottle is Mega Death Total Plant Killer. You know, that's what it is. It's a spray bottle, Mega Death Total Plant Killer, and you spray that on the leaves, and it kills them to the center of the earth. It kills the plant all the way down to the center of the earth. This is really potent stuff. And, 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 and they're in concentrate, so I mix them up, and I put them in spray bottles. You know, that's what I do. I mix them up, and I put them in spray bottles, but some idiot that lives at my house decided to put them in almost identical spray bottles. You know, who could that be? You know, and I put these spray bottles side by side here, and one is really, really good for the plants, really good for the plants, you know, and the other one is like mega death for the plants. And they're in spray bottles that are almost identical here. And the problem is the bottles look alike. You got it? You understand it? Both look alike. And one does one thing, good. The other does completely the opposite, bad. But when I look at them, they look the same sometimes to me. One will kill and destroy. The other one will bring life and health and they look too close. And here it comes, honestly. In life, the most dangerous things to me are not marked dangerous. They're often not marked at all. Abundant life is found in one place, but there are going to be other things that look an awful lot like it. They'll destroy me. They'll ruin me. Um, they look pretty good, but they're the wrong thing. You know, power and pride and arrogance, a stuff, more and more stuff, and popularity look really good to me. You know, they really do. Having more and more and more look really good to me. And I will think that in them I can find an abundant life. I, th I think I will. But they don't bring it. They can't provide. And if I build my life on those kinds of things... I will find why isn't life doing what it's supposed to do and give me joy and happiness because those things can't provide. They can't. I mean, they promise to and they look a lot like it and they can give me some little things. They spray, but they just don't provide it. Having it all really seems like it's an abundant life, but a million millionaires will tell you joyful life doesn't come there. An abundant life does not come from that stuff, and that's why Jesus calls it a what? A thief. Steals. Steals. Stuff promises so much, delivers so little, and the thief is anything but God's prominent part of your life that promises to do things for you. And Jesus' way always is full of these seeming paradoxes. Jesus would say the way to greatness is to humble yourself. When we become weak, we become strong. If you want to find your life, you've got to lose it. If you really want to be great, you become a servant. You know, those are the things where life is found. And here's where Jesus gets pretty narrow-minded in his thinking and what he says. Jesus would say, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate, narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Two roads to does it matter what you take? Apparently it does. 
Wait, Jesus, I kind of got wax build up in my ears. Can you put that in clear words? Okay, here you will. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And the narrow way is not too narrow for me and you. It's not. It's not. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up right now, if they would, and start to set up behind me. I mean, Jesus promises life to the full, you know, abundant life. He, he promised that. And boy, either he was messing around with our brains and our emotions, or he's, he's kind of telling the truth on this. Um, and that's a promise for us. It's a promise Tide Pods can't, can't fulfill, and Charmin can't produce it, honestly. The government can, produce a full, can promise a full life, but they can't keep it. This is a promise that Jesus makes, and you and I have to decide on it, on, on which spray bottle we're going to take, which one. One gives life, one doesn't. And the abundant and forever life starts the second you say yes to Jesus as your Savior and give God the right to take over your life. I mean, that's, that's what it is. And we're going to pray, and we're going to give you a chance to push away things that are taking you out from a real life and are sucking away the abundant life that's there and give you a chance for real life. And I'm not saying those things are bad. Just don't depend on them. They won't give you a good life. Put your focus completely on Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, I, I would thank you. I would thank you so much for the promise that Jesus makes, and it's the only one that he can make. The world can't make that promise. The world can try and give me life, but it can't give me life to the full. There's always something missing and empty, but with you there's full.